you're alive as long as you breathe. No matter how many limbs you lose or how the circumstances you go through. The moment you stop breathing, that's when everything goes away. That's when you lose the one thing that you hold on to so dearly. How important is our breath? And that's what I've been trying to live by. Trying to do things that help me breathe. Stop doing the things that make me feel like I'm not breathing. And I'm not talking in a physical sense. Not at all. A lot of the time it's just what you breathe isn't just the air that comes into you. It's the things that you do. The things that you're exposed to. The things that you approach. The things that you engage with. The things that speak to you. Music, art, people, connection. Things that help you breathe. That breathe life into you. And there's things that breathe life away, right? I don't know what it is to you that makes you breathe. Or helps you breathe a bit more. But it's a weird thing to try to live your life by. You know, I was just eating candy actually a few minutes ago. And I don't usually eat candy to be honest. But I just something like this... Kid part of me craves that sugar rush and the nice taste and it's like, yeah, candy, let's do this. And while eating it, I felt like I can't breathe as well. I can't breathe as as, as I want to. I feel like it's holding my breath back. And it's, it's definitely not doing anything to my lungs like right now, but I just don't know. I felt it. It's not helping me breathe. And I... <laughs> I threw it to the side and I didn't continue, but it's it's something like once you start paying attention to that, you know, let's go through that journey for a little bit. Once we close our eyes and engulf ourselves within that darkness, once we remain in that space, Sure, we can hear the things around us. Sure, we can feel what our skin feels, but that feeling that will always be there no matter what happens to you, the only sense that you can't lose is that sense of breath. Even the tiniest fish will have that sense. And imagine like a fish isn't really thinking about what the hell it's doing, not really. In a way it is, but not the way we think we think or the way we think the fish think. Like we should be aware of the fact that the information that they try to perceive and interact with and how they react to that information is quite different from us. I think meaning in a sense is still carried, but it's not carried to this level that we, we're on right now, this level of awareness. But the fish, no matter what happens, you know, it's moving in the water. And as long as it can breathe, it will continue to try to continue breathing. Doesn't matter if a shark came and bit half of its tail or if anything happened to it, it will continue swimming, trying to continue to breathe. And every, every living thing is just doing exactly that, trying to breathe. 
every tree, every animal, every cell. Everything needs to breathe, and everything breathes in a very different way. You know, for a tree, its breath is much different to what breath is to me, right? And even to a single cell, you know, what is it actually breathing? What is that process that keeps on going on within it, that just keeps it going? Is it when energy is released in the mitochondria, or is it when the cell actually absorbs something else? You can think of it as a matter of consumption, sure. Everything has to consume before it can create, right? And we're prime examples of that. We consume and consume and consume. You know, I can consume this candy and then I have the energy to maybe do something else. Hopefully productive, probably not. And that's what we do. We consume from everything around us. And slowly through this process of consumption, we were able to to have our bodies made from the very fabric of the universe itself and then we use our bodies and the energy that we have from everything we consume to actually interact and control and move things within the world so there is that transition or rather transformation of the energy that enters into us into whatever we choose and of course a lot of the energy we decide to consume affects how the energy at the end is going to end up being right if I'm going to eat candy all the time, it's not really good energy. And eventually, if all I eat is candy, I can't breathe. It's holding me back from breathing. It's the same with cigarettes. You know, I'm not a smoker, but I have smoked. And I, I would prefer a joint any day over a cigarette. But every now and then, like every month or two, I feel like yeah, it would be a nice time to have a cigarette. I'd be standing out with friends and one of them rolled a cigarette, for example. I never smoke pre-rolled cigarettes like in a, in a pack. It's always like we have to roll them right now. There's less chemicals in general, but it still doesn't change the fact that even though when I smoke it feels like I can breathe somehow and it gives you this change of perception to your breath that I really like. I really like that one moment actually when you take that puff and you feel that slight burn as the smoke travels down your throat and into your lungs and your lungs expand and fill with this foreign air that, I don't know, stimulates it in a weird way. I just like that exact moment when I take that puff and take it all in. But then five minutes later, I, I'm not breathing as well as I, I should be, as well as I'm used to. And then the next day I go up the stairs and I'm like, whoa, I'm actually out of breath already. What the hell? You know, I can, I just smoked one cigarette and I'm out of breath. Doesn't make sense. It's so fundamental to everything alive, this need to breathe. And as long as we can breathe, we continue. The moment we stop, we stop. So this fish, you know, no matter what happens to it, no matter anything, as long as it has its breath, it will continue to swim, trying to find more food or trying to find shelter and trying to continue to breathe as long as it can breathe. And when we feel, you know, us as humans, when we feel like anything around us is going to interfere with that process of just letting us breathe, that process of just existing, we feel threatened and we feel like we might have to change something about our 
circumstances and environment to breathe better. But within that process itself of trying to look at our lives and we're sort of afraid of everything around us coming in and interfering with our process of breath or interfering with our existence, that in itself is interfering with our existence. This fear that we have that our existence is threatened. And how can we let go of all of these walls and fears and limits that we have that we really don't need to have? How can we just breathe absolutely purely with no need, no want, no desire to change anything in a certain way, but just exist? <sighs> you know, I could go on and talk about how the universe is a process and we're processes and within within a process there's things that have to die and things that have to be rejuvenated and reborn and the process continues but as the process continues parts of, parts of it fade away and parts of it come in and it's this process of death and renewal death and renewal, death and renewal as you continue within this one path moving forward and sure, we're a process and we're a representation of that. And within us as a process, these there's this death and renewal. Every breath you take, you're taking in you and you're letting out the old. But the process itself, these things about the process, they stay constant. The fact that breath itself is necessary and you have a system in place that will breathe regardless of what comes in and comes out. And aside from breath, breath, we have water coming in and out of us. We have ourselves, ourselves being born, cells dying off, renewing themselves constantly. Until eventually we, as we're born, we die. And then the process ended there for us. We're also within another process that's also continuing. I really didn't want to get into this path, to be honest, of talking about processes and whatnot. But it's just so real, this need for breath, this need for consumption, this need for continuation. How is it we let all of these walls die away and let our energy just continue rightfully into wherever it needs to go? <laughs> I have no idea where this process needs to go, but I don't think that's my job, right? I don't think it's anyone's job to know where this process is going. We're just parts within the process that's that are still also trying to do their best within their own processes, right? Just trying to breathe. Trying to find the best way that I can breathe. So if I stay healthy, I can breathe better. If I see myself moving on a good path in my life, I can breathe better. If I stop eating candy, I can breathe better. If I take certain drugs, I can feel like I breathe better for a little bit, but then after a while, I feel like I'm breathing worse. So what exactly matters right here? Me feeling like I can breathe better in a certain moment or how I can breathe for, for more than a moment? 
What is it that I'm breathing exactly? Is it the people around me? Am I trying to consume my friends? Am I trying to consume any new connection that I, I make? To absorb them and get what I want out of them and discard them and just continue? Or am I trying to breathe with someone? Just seeing someone else breathe helps me breathe. I'm not so sure. Because a part of me does that, I feel like. I do consume people. But I don't feel like I, I try to consume them in a way that is bad for them. If we really want to think about all we consume. Consume and consume and consume. Consumption. The fundamental rule of being. Before you can create, you consume. And from what you consume, you can create. Something so fundamental to us, but I think we forget. I don't even think we forget, I just don't think we think about it. All we control comes from all we've consumed. And how we decide to process what we consumed. And the control then that we have can dictate what we consume and what we don't. And if we take control over that, then we'll process better, I guess. Or else stop processing more garbage, at least. So you start processing more good and stop. And you limit the amount of bad you process. And through that, you can do more good. You know, this is one of the reasons I don't... You know, I don't go on my Facebook feed often and just passively absorb all of this information that's coming at me. Because you consume that too. Do I want to keep consuming stories about terrorism and war, blood? It doesn't change anything in my life. I know that I'm, I know what, I, what it is that I'm working towards, right? I talked about it in the last episode a bit, but I think I was just too excited then trying to explain how I thought about going on within a process. See, that's something I enjoy, you know. I don't like when someone asks me, like, what are you working on? I don't like to just show them, like, oh, this is what I'm working on. I want to tell them why I think it's important to work on this and why I thought that working on it this way is what's important. So I talked about my ideal, and I think I, I miscommunicated the words that I used a little bit because I said the maximum, the maximum position that I can reach from a societal perspective, the highest position that I can attain in Jordan, for example, would be a minister. I can't be king. I can't democratically be elected. But what I can do is be the type of person that a king can look at and trust. To just trust to do this right. And I think like one person can't do a lot. And if we look at... If we look at the state of, of these countries and what's going on, it's pressure, you know. And, and when you're a king and you have millions of people on your shoulders and you have that weight, I think it would be just nice to share that weight with someone. And I, I made the decision to be someone that he can share that weight with, if he'd like to, if he'd want to. But I can't, you know, just go up to to the future king and just tell him, "Yo, dude, I think like you'll uh, you'll you'll be happier if you listen to me." <laughs> no, no, I can't. I can't go that path. 
It's just that that's the ideal position, but the ideal itself isn't the position. The ideal itself is the process of influencing thought the best way that I think I can. Through the podcast, through courses, through creating an online platform called Boomer, and learning everything I need to learn on that path to do that. And I'm so much more aware of all the things that I need to learn to go on that path. But I wouldn't have known that if I didn't have that ideal, right? So that maybe 30, 40, 50 years down the line, I can be the type of person that can help a new country and a society spring forth into the world. And not just from Jordan. Like, why would I limit myself to that? That's like, that's a position where I can do a lot of good, but this is also why I'm doing this. I guess a part of me just wants people to be themselves, right? Maybe I've had a bit of a hard time verbalizing this one proper thing, but I think I just want to help people breathe. A world where people can breathe again. Without the fear, without the noise, without the... Without the noise. Yeah, that's it. To be themselves again. Not completely children, but childlike. This curiosity that burns to create and push and understand and move forward. To breathe. To breathe in this world properly and breathe out something so beautiful that only we can breathe out. This is why I don't, why would I look at news online, right? Like I, I ended up hearing about, you end up hearing about terrorist attacks whether you like it or not, but that's what terrorists want. They want to build fear within each and every one of us and I'm not going to give them that. I'm not going to let them plant fear inside of me. Why would I? That's when they win. Why would I let them win? Why would I consume this fear and see it online and contribute to the discussion? But none of that changes anything. Me posting a comment or just discussing or consuming it. I'm still going through my day. I'm still interacting with the people that are, that are around me, thousands of miles away from wherever this terrorist attack was. And even if it's happened in my neighborhood, that's when I interact. That's when I go and help out and try to rebuild this church or that church that was burnt down or try to do good for the, my community that's around me. But as a person, physically, all you can worry about is your surroundings. It's okay, our surroundings right now are a lot bigger than a few hundred years ago. But it doesn't change what you can accomplish and what you can do. I'm not limiting what you can do. But instead of absorbing what they want you to absorb, I don't know. All I know is that I'm I'm trying to help in the way that I think I can help best. And whenever something around me happens that I think I can interact with to turn it into a more positive situation, I do that. Like right now I was in the kitchen. I saw this guy outside of my window walking with his head down, holding flowers. And I, I thought to myself, you know, why is he 
why is he so depressed? You know, I, I imagine like he's going to go take the flowers to to someone he likes, you know, because it just looked that way. But I felt like he was so unsure of himself. And I thought to myself, like, no, he shouldn't be. So I <laughs> knock on the window and I, I look at him and I shout like, dude, <laughs> good luck. <laughs> he doesn't hear me, though. You know, the window was closed and he was too far. But that like I thought, you know, that would have been funny if he actually listened and saw me you know like his head is down he's holding these flowers and he's he's trying to face this big fear of his but like i believe in you man <laughs> you know and putting your head down when you're trying to do something that courageous isn't helping you you need to understand that you're doing something very brave and you're the type of person who who's actually you bought the flowers you know you went ahead and you decided to move forward with this risk the least that you can do is believe in yourself, man. I think that is going that's going to help you more than anything else. And yeah, just <laughs> try to interact with the world around you. That's that you can interact with. Just that that's it. And maybe in a way, like through this podcast and everything I'm working on, I can interact with more of the world, and I think that's what I want. That's going to help me breathe. I'll interact with that and that and that and be able to shift things in a way that I think might be better. But I've, I've talked about that a lot. I'll talk about it some more. All we have control over is what we can do within our hands, within our capability, our connections with other people. We just have to be intelligent about where we want to put energy and when and how we want to put it to try to move things in a better way. And sometimes you don't know when something's going to come your way that you need to interact with. But the fact remains is that you can literally interact with anything around you at any point. Even if there's a... Like today I was in the gym and there's a door in the gym that I've never opened before. And there's no sign on it that says you can't enter and... No one goes in or goes out. But I saw this one person go in and go out. And I was like, oh, they probably work there, you know. And I thought, I really want to know what's in this room. <laughs> so I, after like a, a small workout, I go and I open the door and I just look inside. And the second I look inside, I get this feeling like, you're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to go inside. Okay, like what it was was just a basic workstation, I think, for if any machine in the gym falls down breaks apart whatever they can fix it there they have the tools there but that feeling that we have that you're not allowed to do this or you're not allowed to interact with that it's it's there for a lot of reasons you know our society needs rules for everything to flow properly or at least flow i wouldn't say properly <laughs> but i could just go inside of that room Right, and I could look at the workstation, and I could look at the tools, and I could touch them even. And I can take a screwdriver or something and just hit it on the table, and nothing would really happen, you know, until someone actually finds me in the room, and they might tell me like, "Oh, you're not supposed to be here," and I would tell them, "Oh, I didn't know that. I was just curious what this room was." And what are they going to do then? You know, are they going to call the police and take me to jail? Or are they going to tell me, get out and just don't come back in again? That's if they even find me, you know. 
Sure, I just closed the door and I left instantly. I didn't go in. But it's nice to question that, you know, this feeling of what you're allowed to interact with and what you aren't. Because you can really interact with anything. You're, you're, you're not limited by anything other than your inability to move and go talk to that cute girl over there that you think you can have a really wonderful time with if you actually had the courage of interacting with her. All you have to do is take those six steps and look her in the eyes and... <laughs> exactly. Say hi. But yeah, just have, have the courage to walk up to that person, look them in the eye and smile and say hi. And they look at you probably like very confused because they didn't expect something to interact with them, you know, and now it's their dilemma or it's their initiative or provocative to interact back with you. Because they have to interact back somehow, you know, because anything that you interact with or anything, anything that interacts with you demands a reaction from you. And even ignoring that thing coming at you is a type of reaction, right? And you put them in that spot. <laughs> I think it's funny sometimes, you know, the look on people's faces when they don't expect someone to interact with them or to interact with them in a way that they really didn't expect. And hopefully in a good way, right? You want to add a bit of goodness in people everywhere you meet them, because why not? What's the alternative? And just say hi. What's going to happen? The worst alternative, the worst thing that's going to happen is that that person might not talk to you and they'd continue with their lives. And then you're back at where you started, so you didn't really lose anything. But all you, all you did gain, what you did gain, though, is knowing that you're actually brave enough to approach and interact with the things in life that you think might be interesting to you, things that might help you breathe. And then you have more information to interact with the next thing or the next person or anything really, a class you want to go to that you've been avoiding, a book you've been wanting to read, you know. What's, what's going to take me from where I am right now along the steps that I need to walk to interact with that thing over there that I'm looking at that looks interesting. It might not be as simple as just taking steps, you know, it might be having to go a million other directions to get there, but as long as you know what helps you breathe, it's going to be a lot easier knowing what to say yes to and what to say no to. There's something so beautiful about that, you know, when you, when you go and you interact with the world with that freedom of knowing that there aren't really any consequences. As long as you don't try to really hurt anyone, there's no real consequence. As long as you can continue to breathe, as long as you can breathe, you can continue. As long as you can continue, you can you continue because you have to. This internal need to move on, survive. It's in all of us. Sure, we might be held, held down or held up by the momentary things that happen to us, but as we continue, we adapt to this new reality that we're in. But still, it's so freeing to know that, that this process will move without me. Everything will continue. 
no matter what happens, things will continue. Things don't really need to go in a certain way, but we just limit ourselves because we're not willing to engage and interact or let things engage and interact with us in a certain way to see what what's out there. <sighs> I feel like I can breathe a bit better now. <laughs> God. Yeah, this just knowing, knowing this one thing, knowing that if I decide to interact with the world in a beautiful way, then the chances of the world reacting back in a beautiful way just increase automatically. You know, if this guy with the flowers, he went up to the girl or who knows who he's going to go talk to or give those flowers to, if he goes with his head held up high and he believes that, you know, I'm doing this because I believe in it, I'm doing this because I want to see you smile, then I think his chances of, of success or chances of just making a person happier are that much higher. And, you know, even if a girl, the girl he gives the flowers to, rejects him, if he still believed in his integrity and he still believed in why he did what he did, then that shouldn't faze him at all. Because if he did it to make her smile, and she did smile because she got the flowers, then that's when you succeeded. It's not when you get the kiss or you actually get her in bed when you succeed. No, it's about seeing her be happy. Maybe this is the hopeless romantic in me talking, but... Put your head up high, man. Stand straight. Move forward. Trust yourself. You know, I was talking, I was talking to my friends in uni the other day. <laughs> and I was, I was telling this dude, Yannick, uh, this dude is his, he's pretty he's pretty German, you know. He's stuck in certain ways, but at the same time, he's he's flexible enough to just view the other way. But he's very reluctant on interacting with that way sometimes. It's a very very particular type of German. I enjoy him. So I was telling him like we're having a conversation. I'm telling him like, dude, the first time that I go skydiving and I jump out of a plane. I don't, I'm not going to jump with someone held on to me or me holding on to someone actually and then they jump out of the plane and I'm just this observer passively watching myself fall and then slowly hit the ground. No, the first time I jump out of a plane I'm jumping by myself, on my own, free into the world. The only thing that I have is my ability to trust myself and to know that I'll breathe. Because <laughs> the only way that I won't land properly is if I don't breathe. And I don't trust myself enough to actually just pull on a damn parachute. I know it's not that simple, you know, and I'll go through the trainings I need to go through to do that. But if I can't trust myself to jump out of a plane and land safely then who the fuck am I? You know, why is why am I doing any of this? <laughs> why, why do I have a podcast? Why am I writing a book? Why am I doing courses? Why am I alive to begin with? You know, I'm not going to taint my experience of jumping out of a plane by being attached to this other dude. No, I have to know that I'm the type of person that can jump out of a plane and keep his shit together long enough to not die <laughs> and pull on that parachute and survive. 
And I think there's something so liberating about going through that experience that I just need to experience. And I know that if I go through it with someone else taking me through it, basically, then it would have lost the magic that it could have had. And I'm not going to lose that. I'm not going to lose that. That's a promise I make to everyone. So, and to myself mainly, I don't need to make a promise to anyone, but you can give me shit if I end up not doing it. You know, I'll end up talking about it at some point within the next eight years for sure. I'm too broke to... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yannick then told me like, dude, uh, then why don't you go skydiving? I'm like, man, I'm too broke to go, to go skydiving. You know, if I had the money, I'd go right now, but I don't. But hopefully within the next eight years, I'll end up having money, you know, at some point to, to do that. And then my other friend came, Jan. Uh, I've talked about him before. We need to record the podcast episode as soon as possible. So Jan came over and I told him like what we were talking about. He's like, dude, I don't know. I don't know how you could do that. Like for me, just jumping out of a plane, even with someone attached to me is like, that's a big deal. You know, but, you know, do what do what works for you. If you think that you can handle that then go for it for sure. And that's what I like, you know, it's like, yeah, this is this is my opinion about the situation. I wouldn't jump out of the plane by myself. But hey, you know, you do you. <laughs> if you want to jump out of the plane without anyone or any safety net to begin with, then that's that's your decision. Whatever makes you happy, whatever helps you breathe, man. So, yeah, I thought it was a bit odd that not a lot of people share this opinion. You know, like, why would I jump out of a plane with someone I saw? I, why I'm talking about is because I saw this guy I was friends with back in Jordan post on, on Instagram and Facebook and everything, everywhere, like, oh shit, guys, I jumped out of a plane and I I, I paid someone a bit extra so they can video me while I jump out. And then I, I was, like, excited to see him jump out and then, like, he was jumping out with this guy holding on to him. I was like, that's a bit weak, you know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't you know, want to brag about that. All I have to do is pay someone. And they'll just throw me out of this plane. You know? I'm sure a lot of some people have have a lot of fear. Some people don't. He doesn't. He isn't the type of person. Like I know this guy. He's not the type of person that that's afraid of jumping out of a plane. And if he had the chance to jump out on his own, I think he would. Like if he's trained about it properly and he knows what he's doing. But uh, thought that was odd. You know, I thought, how is everyone so okay with this going this way? <laughs> I'm definitely not, you know, I, at least like for me, I think that the only obstacle I have in front of me when I jump out of that plane is myself, right? The only thing that would hold me back from actually landing safely is whether or not I can, what it goes down to is whether or not I can actually follow the instructions or the procedures that I learned to land safely. And if my life depends on it, and I can't manage to do that, then I'm not me. You know, staying calm and just enjoying the freefall for what it is, knowing that I can trust myself completely to land safe. And I think that's a lot of what life is about, you know, your ability to trust yourself. Or how you can actually establish a relationship with yourself to the point where you can actually trust yourself to know that, you do things because you know that they're good for you and you avoid things because you know that they're bad for you. But to actually know those two differences is also a big deal. You know, it's not easy. You have to go through your experiences and reflect and know and 
compare, you know, what helped me breathe, what didn't, and you have to see then how long can that actually help me breathe for. Just jump out of the plane. I, I, I go back to that example of, you know, imagine you're in a restaurant and you're you're eating and then you suddenly start choking on food that you ate. And you have it in your throat. Now you have two options. You can be calm about it because it takes you three minutes without oxygen for you to really like pass out. To like instantly, okay, I can't breathe. Okay, I can't breathe. All right. Tap the person next to you, look them in the eyes and tell them with your hands and gestures, like point to your throat, I can't breathe, (laughs) you know, something stuck in my throat. They're going to be shocked because they didn't expect it, you know, but you stay calm and you look at them and you nod again and you tell them something stuck in my my throat. Point, do gestures, but calmly, always like very slow, deliberate, being fast about it and reacting quickly and all of that is going to help it's just going to help your heart rate increase a lot and your go, your body will go into an adrenaline boost that's trying to help you survive but that's not going to help you survive right rationally it's it's just going to help you waste more oxygen oxygen faster and we don't want that and then you know the options are you you your friend might know how to help you they might like actually push against your stomach so that this thing gets out or you're calm enough to take your time and then eventually like swallow again and this this thing actually goes down you know that's also an option but like if you panic you you just ruin everything so quickly you know you decrease your possibility or probability of you surviving this by a lot but if you stay calm the probability of you passing through this without anything going wrong is a lot higher so what path are we going to take so when I jump out of the plane, am I midway through going to panic and be like, fuck, why the, why the hell did I decide to do this on my own? <laughs> How stupid am I? Or am I am I going to actually enjoy the free fall? Plummeting down, hopefully not towards my death, you know, just observe the world from that that point of view from that vantage point you know up there looking at everything down there so small so insignificant but yet it means a lot a lot of different people (laughs) it means a lot of very different things to a lot of very different people and to just enjoy that moment of bliss and breathe wow Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Free fall. <laughs> How would you react in a free fall, actually? If you were jumping out of a plane right now. <laughs> no judgment, you know, you can shit yourself, you can you can scream your lungs out, you can anything really. But then you land, and then if you shit yourself, you can <laughs> you can change your pants, you know, and then life continues. Nothing really changed. But really, would you panic, or would you be calm about it, or would you be panicked but still calm enough about it to do it? Because hey, your life 
sort of depends on it, right? You're you're in you're in the middle of the sky, falling without anything to hold you back. And one thing that can hold you back is the ground beneath you. And if you actually hit it, then everything about you will splatter everywhere else. But hopefully, you're calm enough to. <laughs> damn, damn, no. Yeah. I guess, yeah, a part of me doesn't think about the consequences too much because I think, like, most of the consequences that we can go through can be repaired. Some things are permanent, sure, but everything will continue as long as I can breathe. Even if you lose a limb or even if you get paralyzed, you know, you can still breathe and you can still continue. And as long as I know that the consequences are limited or I have control over the consequences to a certain degree, I can limit them from reaching such a high extent, you know, if I if I get in a situation where it c- could get dangerous, then I have control over the consequences to see how dangerous it can get. What limb... <laughs> I wouldn't want to lose a limb, hopefully not, but... I wouldn't put myself in a situation where that is a very high possibility to happen, you know, and then I can take the precautions necessary to not let that happen. And then why worry about the consequences if I took control of them? And the rewards of me actually interacting with this thing properly, knowing that the consequences could be there, but they're not actually that bad. And if they did happen, you know, like shitting yourself actually, you know, we think that's terrifying. But so what if you shit yourself? You change your pants, you wait out the, like if you had diarrhea, actually, you wait that out and then you're back to normal. Then you continue. Nothing changed. But all you have to do is let go of that one moment that you felt embarrassed for the sake of being embarrassed and then move on. The more you think about that moment and the more embarrassing it's going to get because you're feeding energy into something that doesn't need to be fed fed that much. Then you're putting energy away from your current surroundings and being and you're putting it into some place that it really doesn't need to be. How willing are we to sacrifice all of that fear and all of that embarrassment and all of that all of those things holding us back from actually interacting with the world knowing that something good might actually come out of us interacting with the world who knows what might happen hopefully something beautiful but you'll never know unless you go you'll never know unless you actually go to that girl over there and say hi she might be the most wonderful person you've ever met, or she might be the shittiest person you've ever met, but you just don't know that until you go. You can have assumptions in your head about, oh, this person looks, you know, a bit mean. I wouldn't want to say bitchy, to be honest, but... I've had that thought, actually, you know. I, I looked at a girl from far off, and I thought, you know, she looks a bit bitchy. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd like talking to her. And I don't know how, like, 10, 15 minutes later, I was talking to her, and I was like, fuck... This is one of the nicest people I've ever met in my life. <laughs> but we do we do have those assumptions that hold us back from actually interacting with something for what it is. And you know, people people might have those defense mechanisms around them because they don't know how to interact with something something that comes their way. And a part of those defense mechanisms is to be bitchy somewhat. Guys do it, girls do it. To be momentarily mean to see 
if this thing is going to hurt us or not before we actually expose ourselves and be nice to this person or this thing and interact with it properly. We think being mean is going to defend us, but in a lot of ways, maybe sometimes it actually does, but I I feel like there's better ways to defend yourself. And knowing that you're actually not going to get hurt that much is one of those ways. And that you can actually withdraw from an interaction whenever the hell you want to. You don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay in a place that doesn't help you breathe. You can just get out of that. I don't know where it is in your life right now, whoever's listening. Like, I don't know if it's a family situation, it's a job, it's a... It can be anything, but... Is it helping you breathe, or is it... Taking a lot more away from you than... Than what you have. You know, I don't think we get tired because we do too much. Maybe sometimes, yeah. But I think I think we get tired because we do too little of what energizes us. Things that really help us breathe, you know, like right now in two hours I'm going to go watch Avengers Infinity War. Not Infinity War, sorry, Endgame. Infinity War was nice, I liked it. Actually, I'm checking my ticket right now to see what time. And I get scared about these things, like I don't want to end up thinking like it was at 4.30 and... Yeah, it's at 6.30, exactly. <laughs> And I love that, you know, I just love sitting down in a theater and watching a good movie for three hours, man. It's a three hour long movie, damn. And just being in that movie for that time in a completely different narrative, in a completely different... I'm no longer me, I am the movie playing itself out. And I'm just eating popcorn piece by piece, you know, I like doing that. At the beginning, yeah, I, I like crunch on a lot of popcorn, but then as I watch the movie, I start eating, you know, because popcorns, they're, they're never regular. They always have different, you know, things popping out of them on different sides, different angles. And, you know, if you just enjoy like one piece of popcorn, you just put it <laughs> in your mouth. You know, just bite off pieces of it little by little. You can, like, enjoy one piece of popcorn really a lot, you know. And I'm just watching the movie and I'm just, like, eating popcorn. And things are going down and I'm just eating popcorn. And then I drink water because the popcorn is really salty. And I... I <laughs> just love that. It energizes me a lot. So, yeah, find whatever energizes you, I guess. That's important. And I think something, screw it, I wanted this episode to be shorter, but hey, <laughs> the mic is on and I'm here. Something I feel like really takes a lot of energy from me lately, and I, I don't like it a lot, is my need to connect, right? I always feel like I need to connect with the people around me. I need to, like yesterday I saw the weather was nice and I went out with friends, but when when I was with my friends, I saw this cute girl sitting by herself, and I thought, you know, I want to go talk to her, see what she's about. And I went, and we had a nice conversation, 
she turned out to be uh she studied something called museologist or something like she's an expert in historic things in a museum so she went she she told me that she went and had an interview with a museum here in hamburg and she's trying to get an internship here this summer so she doesn't live in hamburg but she's going back to to her city half an hour after we talked and she just hopes that she gets the job you know and and i was like cool you know i hope you get it too i'd love to to see this museum i haven't heard of it before and i'd love a tour from you too but i wouldn't have had that interaction if i didn't approach her and i wouldn't have known that side to a person that i've never met and hopefully if she's back in hamburg she'll let me know but at the end of the conversation she looked at me and she told me just so you know i do have a boyfriend so uh just so you know that you know you seem open-minded and you seem cool about uh, just getting to know each other so uh, it would be nice like when i'm back in hamburg we actually meet because i don't know anyone here and it would be nice to have a friend and i'm like yeah hell yeah It'd be nice to have you as a friend too you know if we end up having sex at some point i don't think about it and it doesn't matter to me but if it does happen fantastic but as long as you you're in a relationship i wouldn't really infringe on that and two hours later like uh, my friends and i cook something we eat and then i take the bus back home and while i was waiting for the bus i see this other girl and i just liked her style and how she carried herself and i went and i talked to her too you know something about me told me go talk to her i think she might be interesting and i i did you know i i went up to her looked at her and in that second that i looked at her she was sending this really nice picture on her phone to someone and i i just looked at her and told her oh you're are you a photographer it was a really nice picture so she looked at me she told me actually yeah she does photography and we talked for like 15 minutes until the bus actually came and then we ended up getting off at the same station in the bus so we talked the entire way in the bus and she turned out to have such a beautiful soul like she She's a photographer slash designer. She's reading this French author's critique about his nation in, I don't know which century. And she collects vintage bikes. I don't, I don't know who, who the fuck collects vintage bikes. Like old bikes. <laughs> you know? And, and like she told me, like, she likes to exercise and all of that, but she hates going running because running isn't fast enough. And that you don't actually see enough when you're when you're running and you're too busy trying to breathe but like with bikes you actually <laughs> get to see a lot and like i thought about that before i didn't really articulate it like that but you know it was nice getting that input and i would have never gotten that input if i didn't uh, didn't talk to her and like we talked for like 45 minutes and then we got off at the same station and then when we got out uh she like i tell her like by the way i think you're really pretty because <laughs> you know I'm, I'm honest and genuine and she tells me okay listen I, I think i should tell you this and like she already gave me her number and everything uh she tells me like oh i have to tell you something and i look at her and i'm like what you're gonna tell me like you have a boyfriend and and, and she's like yeah <laughs> actually yeah i do have a boyfriend i'm like bullshit you know uh it doesn't like it doesn't really matter to me that you have a boyfriend this was still cool and yeah she told me how she thinks like it's so cool that she found someone who's so open-minded and that I should stay open-minded and I I thought I thought it was funny because like I looked at this person and 
this person is trying to tell me how I should live my life. <laughs> okay, maybe that, that sounded too mean. No. So this this girl I just met, you know, she's excited that I have this certain quality. And she wanted me to sort of keep that quality. But I, I think, like, it's a quality I define myself with so much. You know, I'm, I'm one of the most open people I know. Like, I, there's not much that I'm really afraid of approaching and just seeing for what it is. And I, I have a podcast where I share my views on life and my values and all of that with anyone willing to listen. And then this person comes to me and tells me, like, don't lose that about you. And when she said it, I felt like, like she didn't have that quality you know because i'm sure like if i text her and if i ask her to meet again or anything like that she's probably going to ignore me or she's probably going to not reply to my texts or all of that just because of the fact that she has a boyfriend and she's she knows that people will usually try to always circumvent their way around what they want to get what they want and she probably thinks that if we meet again, I'll just try to sleep with her. Maybe it is true in, in, in a case, you know, I would like to sleep with her for sure. But would I ever, would I ever cross a boundary that I shouldn't? Or would I ever hurt her? I, I really wouldn't. And just by seeing her say that, I felt like she lost that quality in her or she misread the quality in me, or... I'm not getting this outright. But I continued just being open. I laughed, gave her a high five, gave her a hug, told her, yo, uh, let me know when you're back in town. She was leaving for vacation, actually, today. And I left, excited to continue my life. But... I just hate these limitations everyone has. But I understand why they're there, too. Whatever helps you breathe, man. <laughs> I don't think any of this helps us breathe. Like, I'd love to sit with her again and actually listen about what she's reading. And she she's the type of person that has a lot of insight. And for me, all I want is insight. All I want is perspective. And maybe I fall into the trap of trying to connect so much with people and proving to them that I am actually a person that has insight or has something to share that I don't share the right things. And then I feel like I'm wasting so much energy trying to connect and I'm not connecting in the way I want to connect. And it just drains me in a way that I don't like. Is it that I'm trying too hard to connect? Or show a side to me for people to want to get close. Am I trying too hard, basically? Are we all trying too hard, in one way or another, to get people to like us? What is it about us that we want them to like us for? All I know is that I hate texting anyone. I think texts take so much energy out of me, you know, trying to formulate a proper answer to things and trying to keep up a conversation like that on the phone just takes a lot of time man just takes a lot of energy and then it's consuming so that's something that consumes a lot of energy from me i guess it's good to share
but yeah, it's been an hour. I didn't expect to talk for this long, but hey, when the mic is on, the mic is on. It's always midnight on Midnight Wisdom. Clear as night. Oh, I like this sentence a lot. Welcome to the clarity of the night. <laughs> Clear as night. You know, I went ahead and just like today changed my WhatsApp description to clear as night. Clear as night. I guess a part of that clarity is knowing you probably don't see anything as clear as you think you do. And having the courage to interact. But that's enough wisdom <laughs> for tonight, right? I love you all again. And I'm just gonna clean my room and head out and see Avengers. <laughs> so excited.